right, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Check out everything on couchguysports.com. Check out all the podcasts, all the blogs, the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, everything else in between. We have a bunch of stuff going on, and we have big plans coming for 2021, so go check that out. Mm-hmm. I'm Alan Nahegan, Jared Scally alongside me. This is our podcast, our Red Sox podcast on the network. Hey, hey, hey. And we have a big surprise that we figured can't wait until the new year. We had to have it happen in 2020 to go into a great 2021. Into the Triangle has a third chair now, Jared. We have another third chair. And and he's a Bills fan. Yeah, we'll forgive him for that. But he is a Red Sox fan, first and foremost. Weirdly enough. I want that that explanation. we'll, We'll get it from him, but let's introduce him. Couch Guy Sports writer, Jack Zariaro. I don't think I said it right, but it's okay. I'm sorry. I, I messed it up. But Zach, you're a part of the Into the Triangle family now. We're happy to have you. You want to introduce yourself and explain why you're a Red Sox fan, but also a Bills and Sabres fan? Well, first off, I appreciate you guys for the warm welcome. Um, so obviously, Sabres and Bills are pretty self-explanatory. I was born and raised here in Buffalo. The Red Sox, that's a different story. So my uncle used to live here in Buffalo, and he found a new job in Boston. And so him and his family have been living there for quite a while now. And he, he just got me into the Reds, liking the Red Sox. So, and my very first jersey was the David Ortiz jersey now. Mm. Can't go so wrong. it's it's complicated, but yeah, that's the reason why I'm a Red Sox fan and Bills and Sabres. Hey, that's okay. Listen, we'll forgive you for the Bills thing. I mean, you suck for that, but it's okay. <laughs> you're a Red Sox fan. You're happy to be a part of it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you're a Sabres fan, you're probably suffering a little bit anyway. So. Uh. I mean, we got Taylor Hall, so hopefully it works out in the end for us. But I'd be lying if I said it wasn't painful for the last decade or so. Yeah, and you have Jack Eichel. And yeah. Jack Eichel's, you know, local mask guy. Oh, yeah. Really good hockey player. Can't confirm. Uh, really just, good. Just but a bit. Can confirm. Cool. Jack Eichel, good at hockey. Very good at hockey. But we're not a hockey podcast. We are a baseball podcast. Like, subscribe to the Into the Triangle podcast as Jared holds up his Red Sox cup. Actually, coincidentally... David, David Ortiz. Ortiz. David Ortiz cup. <laughs> Didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> we are on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, all any place that you can find a podcast. Just go find us. Type in into the triangle. You're going to find us. This is the Jason Veritech episode. We're not going to talk about catching. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. Before we get into it, the last episode we did, I think about a month ago, shows how on task we are. Jared this was is, not no, on. Side note. Side note. Screw you. This is why we have Zach. Because... <laughs> I've told you since day one, the problem with me consistency-wise is doing this and editing. Yes. Zach, sol- that- Zach solves that problem. Yes, Zach will be editing for us, but he's also going to be our third chair. So 100%. He's going to be filling two roles in one. So he's basically our utility guy. And I have someone to also help me make you look like an idiot. Not so really. I mean, you can't do that on your own anyway, so it's okay. But I need help. I agree. That's why I have <laughs> yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah, you need a lot of help. A uh, lot of yeah. help. At least I'm not on Quags' level, so it's fine. Yeah, this is true. I mean, if you're on Nick Qualia's level, just go home. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> anyways, Jared, you weren't here for the Alex Cora episode. I believe it was myself, Tom Satham Facet, otherwise known as Fiesta, and Diego Galvis. We talked about it a little bit. So why don't you give us your two cents? And Zach, chip in on this too. Alex mm-hmm. Cora being back in the fold. It's been about a month now since it's happened. So just quick thoughts, because I already gave mine. Shout out Diego, fantasy football champion, Couch Guy Sports, season one. Hey. Um, Alex Cora, no brainer. Duh. Like we all this we, we when he got fired, like when they fired him, Al, you I sat here and said he's coming back. Yeah, like it's no brainer. And then, especially, and then we sat here and said 
if they bring in someone in-house to manage the year, he's definitely coming back. And then they brought in Ron Renneke to manage, who clearly was not there for long-term. It's a no-brainer. It was happening since day one. They had to let him go because of what he did in Houston. There was no ramifications against him in Boston. The players love him. Bogart's endeavors prime for another big year because they, they get along with him. Devers was like sh- shined under him um, the, the year, like 2018, especially like something that he does with Devers. He gets along with these guys. So I'm pumped. It's exciting. Obviously the manager doesn't play the game. So they got to get some talent in here and we'll obviously talk about that. But like Al, I am freaking stoked. Oh, I was too. And we were all ecstatic the first time we heard the news. I think we were going around saying, this is the year. They're going to come back. Alex Cora's back in the fold. See what he did in 2018. But yes, you need the talent. And we're going to talk about talent in a little bit. Zach, your opening take for Into the Triangle. Alex Cora back. Give us your thoughts. I love it. I mean, ever like like Jared said, ever since he got fired, I want him back. Like, Renneke clearly wasn't the guy. And Watching the games last year, it seemed like the team had no energy. Like, even when they were winning games, I know they didn't win that many games, but... 24 to be exact. Yeah. (laughs) But you need, like, a manager to fire those guys up. And I really didn't see that from Ronnie Key. Yeah, I saw, like, the basic clapping. But Cora was, like, like a heart, like a... How do I say it? Passionate guy. Like, a guy you want to have manager team. And like he said earlier, too, with Bogart's endeavors, they were, I mean, Bogart's is obviously one of the best shortstops in the league. There's no doubt about that. Devers is an up-and-coming star. So, I granted, no, never mind, I'm not going with Mookie there. But they do have solid guys on this team. And I think Cora, like you said, they're so close to them, or he's so close to them. So, Bring Cora back. I was pumped too. I want him since day one. And yeah, I'm excited he's back in Boston. I think you're not the only one, especially with the pictures of Alex Cora with the, you know, with Boston in the background, the flames coming yeah. out. I mean, it was just, it was an unreal signing, not because it was like, oh my gosh, we got Alex Cora. It's just because this guy is a Boston guy through and through. He's played here. Obviously, he managed here, won a World Series here. So it's like, if it wasn't going to be him, who's it going to be? Sam Fold, who now is out with the Phillies. And one thing that gets me too is like, and it's something I want you to talk about. Like, as soon as they got hired, he's like, oh, everyone outside of Boston, oh, the cheater's back. Why are you bringing back the cheater? Even some people in Boston radio were like, why are you bringing back the guy who cheated? It's like, even some guys on this own site were saying that. Yeah. Like, guys, he didn't cheat here. And everybody basically does some version of what they did. They just did it very blatantly and got caught. Like, Alex Cora is meant to be on this team. And it was more than I expect. I expected some people to be like, oh, the cheater, like the two to six on 98.5, like Felger and Maz, like those guys I expect to come out and say that kind of stuff. But like, why were there so many people against, I mean, they're mostly four, but like, why were there as many people coming out saying like, oh, he's a cheater. Why do you want him to manage? Well, well I mean, get the guy from Tampa, like, because Alex Corr knows his freaking team. Yeah, because you've worked in radio and you were an intern at 98.5. You know why? Because people love to talk negative. Not everybody at the station, but that's what drives Boston radio is the fact that it's negative takes on negative takes, even when something good happens. 2018, Patriots win the Super Bowl. Oh, this is the end, which probably is, but we're not going to talk about that. Red Sox win the World Series. Oh, about that one. Yeah, they, they might have been. Uh, 2019, oh, Cor- you see, Cora's not that good. Why couldn't you get him back to the playoffs? I remember the 28 take, 2018 Red Sox take for them, too. Um, I, I interned for Felger Mass, so I'm constantly, you know, I still talk to those guys and stuff. And 
with Maz, he was until they got to like the playoffs and like won a round, he wouldn't buy in on the team. They won the most regular season games like ever. And they went and then demolished in the first round. And until they got through the first round of the playoffs, I remember this. He went, I'm not really sold on this team. And it's like mass. But, but could you blame could you blame them though? Because especially in 2016, 2017, when they made it to the playoffs, first round they get smoked by the Indians in 16, smoked by the Astros in 2017, which we now realize was cheating. They, did, they didn't have Alex Cora. They did not have Alex Cora. That is very true. You're right. They had John Farrell, which we're not going to talk about that because John Farrell. Yeah, he he kind of he kind of smells. He's kind of a boob. John yeah, Farrell. Boob. That's actually that's just a great word to describe him. He was a boob. Good job, such Jared. A, such a boob. Great contribution. Your first one in about three months, but that's okay. Hey, All right. So, sorry. so now we're gonna I have a kid. It's my valid excuse. Yep. That's just your get out of jail free card. I, I, get out of jail free. I got a kid. That's now. it. That's it. That's all you got to do. So we are going to talk about this current Red Sox team. We haven't been on in a while. So there've been a few signings, nothing crazy. There hasn't been, you know, a George Springer, JT Romuto, Marcelo Zuna, but we will get into those guys in a little bit. The two signings that the Red Sox had outfielder Hunter Renfro, pitcher Matt Andrace, and these guys, when you see their stats, they don't really pop off the page. I mean, the thing with Hunter Renfro is this. He's going to hit moonshots. That's what he's going to oh, do. Yeah. But he's going to hit. Cars, kids. Hide the cars. He's, he's going to hit about 210 and strike out about, I don't know, 125 times throughout the season. Sorry, Maybe Michael even. Chavis. Yeah, he's basically Michael Chavis. But that, and that's more of a depth piece, which I understand. He almost reminds me of like a Chris Young type of signing. Remember Chris Young? He was brought in. Bash lefty pitching. Who was really good for this team, mind he you. Was. Like, he, he, he was. He was a great player here. He was. And it, with Hunter Renfro, and last year he hit 156, eight home runs, 22 RBIs, in a small sample size. We know it was a 60-game season. Yep. But, but even so, and I think we both can agree on this. All three of us can agree. This is not a signing that's going to go, wow, Red Sox really did something here. But it's a, it's a depth piece, which they needed. Well, what bugs me about the timing of this too, and, and this is something that, you know, I said at the time when they signed him, like the Red Sox brought in a fourth outfielder before getting a third outfielder. Right. Like I, I love the signing. Don't get me wrong. Like I love having Hunter Renfro. He'll bash against the lefty. So platoon with whoever they bring in. But like right now you're starting outfield. It's Ben Attendee who better show up this summer. And Verdugo, who I do love. I love Alex Verdugo. I think he's a great player. Not Mookie Betts, but still is a good player. Um, who's playing center field? Like, that's it. Like you're not playing on her rent for every day. It's not why he's here. Like he's your fourth outfielder. That's legitimately what he is. And it's fine. It's a good signing. Um, I think that's very, that's very much a high bloom signing. Like, but spring on a fourth outfielder and get excited about it. But like, I know we're going to talk about Jackie Bradley, but like, why are we signing a fourth outfielder and making this big deal about it before we even know who's going to play center field? Because I think High and Bloom's waiting out in the free agency market. I think there's going to be something coming. I don't know what it is, but there's something that tells me he's going to go out and make one big move before the season starts. Who's that first shoe to drop? That's my question. This this is to everybody. Like, really, like, who is the first shoe to drop to make this a free agency thing happen? Right? Like, we've, we were talking about it too earlier. Like, it's been very slow. Right. It's been a very slow offseason. There's been no moves. I mean, little things. Obviously, the Padres just made a splash, and we're going to talk about that. Yep. Signing a couple of big guys. But – Free agency hasn't really moved. Like you expected George Springer to sign a lot faster than he did. And then he has, he hasn't signed yet. And, and Jackie Bradley's still out there. I think he's one of the top names on the list, to be honest with you, like talent wise, he still is good. So what, what's going to be that first shoe to drop? Is it going to be George Springer? Is it going to be a Jackie Bradley going to Houston, whatever it may be like that's, that's the question is who's going to be that shoe to drop. And I don't think it's going to be either of them. I think it's going to be JT Romuto. 
Because honestly, a lot of teams, there's some teams that need catching. The Tampa Bay Rays, one team that needs catching, and they were involved in a big trade, which we're going to talk about in a second. But the other guy I want to talk about really quick before we get into the main part of the show, Matt Andres, former pitcher for the Dodgers, signed a one-year deal with the Red Sox, 2-4 and four in 2020 with a 4.50 ERA, 32 innings pitch, 33 strikeouts. So he's averaging a strikeout in an inning, not terrible. But again, this is just a depth piece because we don't know if Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be efficient right away. Now, granted, there's been videos of him throwing bullpens. You know, he looks like he's healthy. Chris Sale, apparently, ahead of schedule. All-star break. All-star break. Come on now. No, no, no. We we know this. All-star break. We know this because we're actually, you know, smart Red Sox fans. But people are saying, oh, Chris Sale might be back sooner rather than later. Guys, can we be realistic for a second? Like Jared just said, he's going to come back to the all-star break, and that's fine. You can get through the first two months without him and just play, you know, 500, a little bit better than 500. That's fine. And then you get Chris Sale back and hopefully healthy, and hopefully he won't need, you know, Tommy John again. Hopefully he doesn't get another injury again. Hopefully he doesn't get – I mean, get the, the goal for this again. was – the goal for this was to make it last. Like, that's why he took the time. Now, granted, he should have done it earlier, but, like, the goal for this was to take the time, do it right, and not rush him back. So don't tell me he's ahead of schedule. Just disappointment. This is what Red Sox – I hate the Red Sox for this. They always do it. Yep. No matter who's in charge, because it's always ownership. Hate ownership. Yep. Go back to – go just go deal with Liverpool. I was they, literally about to say, yep. Just go, just go be with Liverpool. You won a champion over there. Good job. I hate your, I hate your Liverpool team too. Look, <laughs> I'm a man, you guy. Um, <laughs> you, you look at the Red Sox and they always use injuries. They say, oh yeah, it's a two week thing. It's day to day. Yeah, he's done for the year. Like all the time. So with, with Chris Sale, yeah, he's ahead of schedule. Don't just say that to get me excited. Like as a Red Sox fan, like don't just say, oh my God, we're going to have Chris Sale back soon. He'll be fine. Like, no, he's going to be back at the all-star break. That's the timeline that makes sense for everybody. There's a history with these surgeries. Just say, you know, we're expecting him back at the all-star break. Um, we're going to hopefully do really well without him. We have some, we're going to bring in some pieces. How hard is that? How hard is that? It's not hard at all. But I don't again, get it. Well, you just said it because Red Sox fans and Red Sox ownership, they don't think like we do, Jared. They we suck. actually are intelligent. They are not. And they've proven it. So it's, it's brutal. But one thing that's not brutal San Diego Padres, and we're why are we talking about the Padres? Good transition. Good, t- good transition. I'm getting better with the transitions. I've known you lead host that. once on this show, and it's like, whoa. Listen, you haven't seen me on my other shows, okay? Well, you have on one. I watch other. your other shows. I'm good. You, you listen to them. You don't watch them. You ding dong. Yeah. Yet. No one Anyways, your face. It's fine. Eh, yours isn't that much better. All right, San Diego Padres. <laughs> I see the little devil horns coming out of your out of your head. The Padres are making moves, fellas. They've become my second favorite team in the MLB. They're loading up on pitching, bringing in Blake Snell from the Rays, you Darvish from the Cubs. But the guy I want to talk about is Blake Snell because obviously pitch for the Rays, the lasting image of him in a Rays uniform is going to be getting pulled out early in the World Series. God bless Kevin Cash because he's going to be taking that one on the chin for years. But also Jose Alvarado, by the way, their flamethrowing closer. Yeah, he's in Philly now because – the Rays traded Alvarado too. And Jared, we were talking about this a little last night on the uh, Couch Guy Sports podcast. Get them all out of here. Bye. Just get the Rays out of here. See you later. See you. Gone. See you. Gone. One last team we got to worry about. Exactly. So the Rays, in this sense, the Rays, don't get me wrong. The Rays are good. And they're going to be good for years to come because they're, they run well. They, you know, they grow homegrown talent. They know how to really get, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. They really know how to set themselves up for the future. And they did that. They get the most bang for their buck. Yes, exactly. Because they have like the third lowest payroll in the MLB. But 
and this, I think it kind of ties into our next topic. The Red Sox should have been a little more aggressive, I think, with Blake Snell because they had some pieces. The Rays were looking for a catcher. You have Christian Vasquez that hits absolute boom bombs and has gotten better with his hitting the last couple of years and is really good defensively with a, with a rocket arm. Don't be trading Vasquez on me. You can you do you, it. You trade Vasquez and then you sign JT Romuto. Problem solved. They were yeah, trading but, they, but remember, they're not that smart. They're not that like, smart. They, they they're not that be. smart, Al. Like you think, yeah, that makes sense. Like that, great. Like they can do that. They're not going to do that. No, they're but not. Me. And you're, you're right. No, you're right. They aren't going to do that, but they should do that. But I guess what I wanted to ask you guys is this. Now that Blake Snell and Jose Alvarado, they're out of the division, the Padres are being smart here. The Padres are loading up because guess what? After this year, the following year in 2022, they get Mike Clevenger back. So you have those three guys plus Chris Paddock, and I forgive me, but I forget the fifth starter, who's also really good for the Padres, but the Padres are playing to win now. So with this Red Sox team to transition back to it, we know this. They have one of the highest payrolls in the MLB. Their pitching staff right now, if all healthy, Chris Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Ivaldi, Matt Andres, insert pitcher here. I know I'm Perez. Wish it was Martin Perez. It should have been, but like you said, the Red Sox are dum dums and they don't decide to bring back the players that everybody. Could have been Rick Porcello. Should have been Rick Porcello. Speaking of Rick Porcello, Rick Porcello is actually a free agent right now. So let me ask you guys this. I'm just going to run through. They're not that smart. They're not that smart either. (laughs) Nope. So they're going to, I'm going to run through a list of names and I want you guys to pick one starting pitcher that you would want to see the Red Sox at least attempt to sign because you know they're not going to sign anybody for a little while unless something crazy happens. They're going to wait till spring training. Such a high bloom thing to do. I just yeah, I, I mean, they got JD Martinez pretty much at spring training, so it is what it is. But anyways, starting pitchers that are on the market still. Jay Godorizzi, Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, Jose Quintana, Rick Porcello, Adam Wainwright, still on there, Homer Bailey, John Lester, Annabelle Sanchez, Cole Hamels, Mike Fierce. And I'm going to stop right there. Actually, one more name I'm going to throw out there. Jake Arrieta. That's another name that's out there. But you take a look at that list. And granted, there are some guys that were in there. Charlie Morton was a free agent. He signed with Atlanta. Trevor Bauer. You're not getting Trevor Bauer. Like, get over it. He's supposedly the rumor now is he wants like a five, six-year deal. Like, that's out of the Red Sox. He wants so much money. Like I I know. And see you later. Do you see him go after uh, John Heyman, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Heyman or Morosi? It was Heyman, I think. Was it Heyman? That's just so beautiful. I love how these national baseball writers and reporters and stuff are getting just crapped on. It's amazing. I love to see it. But out of those names, and Zach, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll go to Jared. What is one name that you get from that list that you would really like to see on this Red Sox team in 2021? Well, I think Jared and I are in the same thing, but go get Tanaka. I mean. Uh, Oh, I was going to say that too, but go ahead. Defend your take. I was just going to say, like, he's still a solid pitcher. And clearly he was a great pitcher for the Yankees last season. So, and the Red Sox, they don't have any depth, really. I know they they signed that one guy that you mentioned earlier. But, like, with the injuries and all that, they had AAA guys and a bunch of no-names. Tanaka is a solid starter still. And he played for the Yankees. So, it's kind of like a little, like – um, we got your guy now, and he's gonna try to do damage against you guys. Mm-hmm. So, and with the division that we're in, Tampa Bay, they're still gonna be a good team. The Yankees, obviously, the Blue Jays are up and coming. 
Orioles are still far away. But, I mean, you look at, like, the Yankees lineup. Aaron Judge, when he's healthy, he's a killer. Um, hopefully don't, they don't bring back DJ. And then they, they won't. They, they are so far apart in contract negotiations. Yeah. He's not going to be a Yankee. I think he's going to end up on the Mets personally, but mm-hmm. sorry, continue. No, no, it's fine. I'm just going to wrap up with this. Every single team, except for the Orioles, have great players. And Tanaka, like I said, is still a solid pitcher. So you sign him. I think it's a great signing for us. And especially since we need pitching, that's like our biggest thing. I mean, you look at games last year where it was like four, nothing, five, nothing in the first three innings. Like it wasn't even close. Right. Tanaka, like I said, is very solid. And how old is he? Like in his, is he still in his thirties or twenty? Tanaka, I think it's like 32 or something like that. 32. He's still, he's still good. So I'd say bring him in. Obviously, Sal probably we don't know we don't know when he's going to be coming back. Hopefully, hopefully All Star break. Yeah, hopefully Erod will be back because he's been awesome. Um, but yeah, that's my take. I would love to have Tanaka be in the Red Sox. I, I think we all can agree on that. Jared, do you have anybody different? Uh, see, like Tanaka would be nice. Like, I also look at a couple names on that list you just gave us. Jose Quintana is basically a poor man's Rick Porcello. <laughs> Um, Rick Porcello, I would love back. Like that's something that I'm not going to say Rick Porcello because I think it's obvious that I think if for some reason the Red Sox brought him back, it'd be awesome. Um, he'd be a great, he'd be your fourth, fifth starter, um, right where he needs to be. And he knows how to pitch here and he loves pitching here. So, and, yeah, and he probably I, be good because he's every other year, he's good and bad, good and bad. He had a yeah. bad last year. So, so be good this year. you're on for, it's a, it's the giant winning world series year. That's what it is. So, um, right. I wouldn't mind Rick Porcello back. The interesting name to me, if it's not Tanaka is Jake Arrieta because, you're, the Red Sox, as much as they're trying to rebuild and be sustainable, they do want to win next year. Like they're, they're not trying to like tank for five years and then be good. Like if you have Chris Sale and Erod and those guys, and your 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 young core can still hit the crap out of the ball, guys, you still have JD Martinez. He's coming back. So like, if you can figure out the pitching, this team can all of a sudden become a contender again in like a year or two, if not next year, because you look at what they have and it's like, all right, if their pitching is decent. The offense had a down year, but you bring Cora back to figure all that out. And I think Cora has that big of an impact on the offense that if you just fix the pitching and then get sale back half of the year, maybe you make a deal down the road for bullpen help and like the deadline, you know, this team could quickly become a contender by, by the fall. So I look at Jake Arietta and he had what, three years in Philly, I think um, I'm in front of me. Yeah. Three years in Philly. So his ERA you know, start three nine six four six four five zero eight. Obviously, went up every year. Um, didn't pitch that much in twenty twenty. So, not a bad ERA. And it's not like we're asking Jake Arrieta to be your ace, right? Like that's what he was in Chicago. That's what they kind of hoped he'd be in Philly. I don't need Jake Arrieta to come be the Jake Arrieta he was in Chicago. He's a stud. Right. If you can get him to be your third starter, like I, because I think at this point you'd rather like Erod might be better than what you're going to get from a 35, 34 year old Jake Arrieta. But if you can go, if you can tell me come towards the second half of the season, you're going to lead with Chris Sale, Erod, Jake Arrieta, and then keep going. Like that, I'm okay with. And I think Jake Arrieta is a name that not a lot of people are talking about um, because he's a little older and he hasn't been as good. But I think a city like Boston with a guy like Cora could really speak volumes to what he could probably do for this rotation. Can I ask you guys something real fast? Of course, yeah, go ahead. What do you guys think about Nick Pavetta? Because obviously he was – I forgot the- about him. I think 
because like obviously Philadelphia expected bigger from him or better from him. Yeah. But do you think he could be our fifth starter or a fourth starter? Absolutely. Yeah. No, d- no doubt about it. He, I mean, he has from the reports that I've read, he has good stuff. He has like an upper nineties fastball, some decent off speed. When it, I think it was just a situation where he needed to get out of Philly. He needs mm-hmm. a fresh start. And I yeah. think the Red Sox could be that fresh start. He's still young. He's only yeah. like 25, 26, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He, he's really young. So he's still, you know, he's still a guy that can probably contribute and give you some innings. And then another guy that I, that I just want to bring up real quick and no one's really talking about this name. I know the Red Sox have a surplus of lefties, but James Paxton, like we yep. forget a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, think yeah, about this a few yeah. years ago, this guy was up there for being one of the best pitchers in the American league when he was with Seattle. That's why the Yankees went out yeah. and bought him. Yeah. But then he went to a big market and sucked. Well, not really, because if you look at the stats, I mean, obviously in Seattle, he did much better. He was 12 and five in 2017 with a 2.98 ERA 2018, his final season with Seattle, 11 and six, a little high on the ERA with 3.76, but in 2019, he won 15 games with the Yankees. So, and, and I just want to say he was really solid too in the playoffs. Not last year, but the year before that. Year before, right. He was very right. solid. Right. So this is a guy that you might not have to sign him to a big deal. Maybe sign him to a two-year deal, but he's a guy that can give you some innings. I mean, he's thrown the last three seasons. We're excluding 2020 because 2020 was yep. sort of meh. Yeah. 100, 136 innings, 160 innings, 150 innings. So he'll give you some innings, which is good. You need innings, especially from the starting rotation that last year, besides Nathan Ivaldi, and I'd say three quarters of the season, Martin Perez was awful from a starter's perspective. Mm-hmm. And see, Alec, we've talked about this a lot. Um, this, the pitching is what screws this team over, right? Like we, we, the, the lineup's there and the lineup's going to be there. But this team, if they're willing to spend a little bit of money, which they should be. And I'm, again, I keep saying this. I'm intrigued to see what Heimbloom does with some money, right? Because he built the race to help build the race. Um, you can afford to bring in two of these guys on this list right? and still have money to spend. Like the Red right. Sox did what they needed to do. We got past the trade deadline. We all celebrated it, right? Quags and I threw a freaking party and the, the, the tax reset. So that's it. That's your excuse, right? Like if, if, if we're Red Sox fans and Al, you know me, I bash ownership more than anybody. Oh yeah. If that's, if that's your excuse for last year, great. You reset. You have money to spend. You're the freaking Red Sox in Boston. The Patriots just lost Tom Brady. They're not going to win anytime soon. The Celtics are the Celtics. The Bruins are the Bruins. They win when they can. Like it's a hard, they're harder sports to, sports to win multiple in certain situations. If you're the Red Sox, you should be able to build now something that can rival. Obviously, not what the Patriots were in this city because they won a lot. But like, I want what the Houston. I know they were cheating, but like, I want what the Houston Astros had. Young core, right? Who they built from in within to add pieces here and there. Like you know, they brought in Verlander, those kind of things. And they're they're in the conversation every year. Um, like that that's what we need. That's what Heimblum keeps saying he wants to build here. You have the money now, the taxes reset. Bring in Tanaka to be a guy, bring in Ariad on a cheaper deal, bring in these guys because you can afford it. Right. So also when I think of the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees, I think of one thing, and that's winning. Clearly, the Yankees have done it more than the Red Sox, but let's face it. The Red Sox are one of the most successful franchises in sports history. I know they don't have that many World Series titles, but you know what? When I think of Red Sox, I think of winning. And clearly, the last few years have not been good because, well. But, I mean, in recent history, too, you're right. Like, yep. you, think of those two, you think of those two franchises. In recent history, the Red Sox, us Red Sox fans have so much to stand a leg on over the yep. Yankees. Like, 
they, they were supposed to be the powerhouses this past year. They didn't even get to the World Series. So yeah. the Red Sox have the edge, yes, but I think the Yankees are now built. Like they're yes. going to be good. Like they're back. So the Red Sox need to get there quickly. And I think, again, they have the money to spend. Give me Jake Garriott on a two-year deal and maybe Rick Porcello as your fifth starter. And then you have guys like Nick Pavetta who did well for the time he got to pitch. You saw some options. Al, I will say this. For much as we bashed on the options the Red Sox had in the farm system for pitching, you saw some guys who were forced into pitching last year because they had nobody, like a Pavetta, like some other guys out there. That who brutal. Did, yeah, who, who actually pitched really well. Uh, when they got starts, there's options there for your fifth starters. You don't go out and get another one. Right? And I so, com- right. And we completely forget about a guy like Tanner Hauk, who made the oh, most yeah. of his opportunity. He's he awesome. was great. Right. He and might he's be your fifth starter. He's like, probably he's probably going to get at least a shot in spring training. If not, he's going to be at oh, least. At, the way he oh, pitched, he has to. I forgot about him. You would, you would think. Especially yeah, with that sale, too. Like, you have to remember, we're right. talking about Chris Sale, but he is a future thing. Like, so yes. for the time being in spring, when spring training comes around, whatever that looks like this year, because of COVID still like Nick Pavetta and how will both get opportunities because they need They need a fifth starter. Right. And you know what? It's going to be interesting in the off season, just because I want to transition to the last two topics. It's going to be an interesting off season. You got to sign a pitcher or two. I don't even care if you get Jake Odorizzi. Just sign somebody. Get Red Sox. You're the Boston Red Sox. You have money. Spend, spend, spend the money. And, and if it doesn't more. work out, who cares? Spend more. Yes, you spend until you can't spend anymore. Or make Final, a trade. Or make a trade. There you go, Zach. Your first show, and you're making a big contribution. I like I'm trying, it. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Pew, pew, pew. Trader Heim. Can we get the Trader Heim nickname going? Can we get some deals going? Trader Mookie, right? Pew, pew, no, pew. Nothing's going to be as good as Dylan Davey, but that's that's another story. Dylan Davey. Trading prospects for nobody. Love Besi- besides pitching, the Red Sox do need a second baseman. One name that has flown around has been Kike Hernandez. Chris Cotillo of Mass Live reported this. The Red Sox have shown strong interest in the utility infielder, utility outfielder, just utility man. Kike Hernandez has played everywhere. Just really quick, I want to talk about this for like a minute or two. When I think of Kike Hernandez, the first image that comes to my mind is 2018 World Series, that final inning. Chris Sale just mowing down Justin Turner, Kike, and Manny Machado. Because Kike Hernandez on that 3-2 slider looked like a little leaguer, and it was very funny. But beside the point, when I looked up Hernandez, the, the hitting stats didn't really stand out. But I'm wondering if this guy is really good defensively and if this is just maybe an option for the short term. Because long term, I don't know who's in the farm system that's really any good in the middle infield. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Someone help me. Um, I know who we're talking oh, about Dahlbeck? Dahlbeck Dahlbeck's, uh, there. Dahlbeck's there. You, the thing is, you could play – and I'm going to look this guy up because that's not who I was thinking of. But um, you could think of Dahlbeck and Chavis both playing on the right side of the infield. Right. Like, Chavis can play second base. As much as he's touted as his first baseman, we've watched him play second base, and he's pretty darn good at it, right? Yes. So you have to look at that and go, okay, maybe that's your option, right? Because Dahlbeck hits the crap out of the ball you also have oh this is the one i was thinking of jeter downs you just traded for that dude part right. of Mookie Betts deal right 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 he's touted as this next big thing so he might be a year or two away but if you can get a stopgap between you and, G- and jeter downs he's the second best prospect you have besides tristan cassis right so like there's options there um i think jeter downs is their plan you would hope you would hope it's their plan because he's a young guy brought over in the Mookie Betts deal i mean kike it, it, Sign him for, me, for a one-year deal, maybe. But other than that, you don't really need him. I mean, I don't know why you're showing that much interest, but it is what it is. just want to talk about that real quick. If you guys have any other thoughts, just get them out there, and we'll move on to our last big topic. Well, on this line, because Zach hasn't been here, because Jeter Downs just came up. If, the, if Jeter Downs does pan out at second base, because we're talking about this position, 
do they win that Mookie Betts trade? Is that is that or not? I say win because you can't. You they got Mookie Betts, but like, is it easier for Red Sox fans to accept it and say, you know what, it's in a good deal because Verdugo's Verdugo, he's good, but like, if a Jeter Downs also pans out to be your future second baseman and like is legit, which they're claiming he's going to be, then does that make Red Sox fans say, you know what, Mookie Betts trade? Yes, it sucks, but like. You still have Xander Devers, and now you have Verdugo and Jeter Downs. For, for the casual fan, no. But for the diehard fans like us that really follow baseball and follow this team, then yes, they're going to be happy with it because you get two out of three players in that deal. For a guy that was probably leaving. Yes, exactly. A guy that was probably going to head out in free agency regardless. And listen, I love Mookie Betts as much as anybody. And Zach, I know you talked about it before the show and a little bit during the show. But like you just said, Jared, Mookie Betts was not going to be here long-term because ownership wasn't going to pony up the dough. So you know what? Alex Verdugo? Very good baseball player. Jeter Downs seems like he's going to be the future, like you said, at second base. Connor Wong, who knows? He was a throw-in. But if you get two out of the three, that's pretty good for this deal. So, Kike, I think we can establish. Probably not going to end up here. We don't really care. We're fine with that. Final topic of tonight's show, Jackie Bradley Jr. He's still a free agent. Jared, you know how I stand with Jackie Bradley. We've talked about it for so many episodes on multiple platforms. Zach, I'll have you know, I do not like Jackie Bradley Jr. I think he is terrible hitting. He's so inconsistent. I can't stand the inconsistency at the plate anymore. The str- Every year, it's like, oh, Jackie Bradley's figured out something in his, in his swing. And every year, it's the same old story. I think he's embracing that he's out the door. I think his wife put on Instagram, like, the day before the final day of the season, like, you know, we've called this home. So that's basically a goodbye to Red Sox fans. If this, is, if this is his last game in Boston, like, thank you so much. Like, yeah, like, like, like you, know it's, you know it's his last game. You know he's not resigning. Get out of here. But in all seriousness, Jackie but Bradley's he, probably not going to be – he's probably not going to be here anymore. He, yes, he's not going to be here anymore. He, Houston's going to sign him. Houston's <sighs> waiting. Houston's waiting because they know they're going to lose George Springer. So now they're going to, then they're going to, yes, yes. They, they're not going to sign him. So they're going to sign Jackie Bradley. So now the question remains, you know, Jared, I can already assume that you're going to want Jackie Bradley back. If you can get him, I can tell just by your facial expressions. That's okay. I'll give you a reason why I'll give you a legit reason why. Because he's a gold glove center fielder. Yes. But you also have a guy named Jaron Duran in your minor league system. Who's going to be a stud who might be a year or two away. Right. And, and this is someone and Al, you and I have talked with, Nick on our Couch Guy Sports podcast about this. He, he's a big Duran guy, and he, and he thinks he could come up now and play, and he might be able to. Who knows? But like Jackie Bradley Jr., if he's not going to come back if someone else is going to really overpay him. But if you can get him on a two-year deal, even a three-year deal, great. Do that. Are you kidding me? You, you watch him play defense. Like some of the plays that he makes on defense, hit him ninth, let him play center field, fine whatever. And then if you want to platoon them, like if you have to figure out a way to get them out and then like, and that's when you work in um, other guys, like fine. Right. What are your other options? Like who else is coming in to play center field? So I would rather him back than not, because as much as we sit here and say, Jackie really sucks. He's going to hit once every couple months. Like, yeah, that's what he is. And they probably would have got more for, if they traded him a couple years ago or three years ago, that would been great. We got a lot for him. We know what he is. The league knows what he is. If he has an option, guys, of like staying with Boston for two, three years, chance to win with his guys, with his boys, Sander Bogart, Rafi Devers, Andrew Benintendi, chance to stay here or get paid a little more money and go to a place like Baltimore, just as an example, a shitty team. Which one's he going to choose? A great place to hit, though, too, if he can find his offense together. For a guy who can't hit? Yeah, that's awesome. 
good. He'll hit 200 instead of 198. Like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, yeah. if you're the only thing that might scare him away, and I think this is a legitimate conversation that we don't have to have here, if he truly feels the racism thing in Boston, like, because that's a big topic. Everyone talks about it. I don't believe I, I, there are some racist things going on in the city, but like, if he really doesn't want to be here for that reason, then fine, leave, whatever. But like, if it's a legitimate baseball decision and there's not two equal decisions between like a good Red Sox market with good money, with decent money and a chance to win. And there's another bad team over here going to pay him an arm and a leg. Who are you going to choose? You, you would think the Red Sox. You would absolutely think that. But it's like, we don't know what he's thinking. And the racism thing could be a big thing in Jackie Bradley's mind. It could be that he's just had enough of Boston. He doesn't like the direction they're going in. So who knows? Only Jackie Bradley knows. But Zach, you want to bring something up real quick? I just want to say a couple of things. So didn't Verdugo play center field a little bit last year? Yeah, that's that's the rumor that they, they yeah. would they would say that Verdugo will be probably the starting center fielder if Jackie Bradley is done. That's why I think they brought in Renfro too, and also I think it's to challenge Andrew Benintendi as well because clearly we hope Benintendi turns out to be the solid player that we hope him to be. And let's face it, he was he was awful last year, um, and clearly he didn't finish the season because of an injury. But I think Renfro brings that like you better play good or else I'm going to be taking your spot and we'll probably move on from you. I hope not yeah, like, because I like also the Chris Young situation, right? Like it's the Chris Young. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I, I like Ben Intendi and he's a, like when he's healthy and he's on his game, he's a very solid outfielder. And like we said earlier, Renfro is going to hit bombs uh, over the monster. So if they don't bring Jackie Bradley back, I'll admit it. I love Jackie. Like as a person, I love him. But as a player, I wish he was better because he's a great outfielder. He's probably one of the best center fielders in the game defensively. So losing him would suck. But if you get a George Springer, it makes up for it, obviously. Of and course. Like with like I said with Renfro, he's solid too. And hopefully Ben Tendi just figures his game out. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting Red Sox season 2021 regardless. And you know what? I think we're going to start seeing some free agency signings happen once the new year sort of rolls around and we'll just go from there. Final thoughts guys, before we sort of uh, wrap up for the afternoon evening. Uh, man. Al, the Red Sox better make the freaking playoffs. Wild card, wild card or bust right now. Zach, you're not going to win the division. That's for sure. Oh no, but. there's no shot. Zach, your first episode into the triangle in the books. Welcome aboard, pal. Appreciate it. But, um, one final thought. I know you were like asking Billy why the Red Sox didn't go out there Snell or whatever. I really don't think the Rays just want to trade him in the division. I think that they makes want sense. And but but then again, that's good for us because he's a killer when he plays the Red Sox. And who do the Rays now have now? Uh, what's his name? Glass now. I'm not sure who else they have. I'm sure they have still solid pitching, but with Morton gone now, yeah, with, um, Snell gone. This is what the Rays do. They have a yeah. couple of years and they don't pen, they don't have the money to spend and they all leave. Yep. And they so, go yeah. get the bigger contracts elsewhere. So yeah, does it suck that we didn't get snow? Yeah, it does. But at the same time, he's out of division now. One less pitcher to worry about. And that's exactly. all that's all we really have to say. So we're gonna leave it there. Another episode, the Jason Veritech episode of Into the Triangle in the books. Again, episode 33, if you didn't figure that out, people. If you couldn't figure that one out, then that's bad. And if you don't figure out the next one, then you shouldn't even be listening to this show. But subscribe to us. 34 is the next episode. (laughs) Subscribe to us 
on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere where there's podcasts, Into the Triangle. On Twitter, at Into the Triangle. Please follow us. We're trying to get to 100 followers. And listen, we got big things coming up in 2021. I'm talking more consistency. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have hard-hitting analysis. We added a third chair. That's a big step forward for us. But be on the lookout for Into the Triangle in 2021. With that being said, we got Zach, we got Jared, and we got me, Al. Thank you very much for listening. Have a happy new year. Stay safe. Don't be idiots. Be smart. And we'll see you in 2021.